Welcome to the Just Believe Podcast. I'm your host, Herbie Mack. Look, this podcast is raw, authentic, and unstripped. We're going to turn these hard conversations into conversations. This is the only way we can break the stigma when it comes to mental health and suicide prevention. Now, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review, baby. I need them five stars. Sit back, enjoy the show. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Just Believe Podcast. Uh, today, I'm honored to interview this young man. I've been watching him grow on Instagram. The movement that he does, and not that he does, but what he's doing is incredible. Um, he's talking about mental health and decide that it's good to see another male talk about it. Um, when my challenge is, I, when I was trying to look for somebody to talk about it, it was all females. It wasn't, and not just like regular females, it was older females, which I was following, but they didn't speak that same language. And I always talk about language, the importance of it, not saying that they was talking a different language, but the relatability language. And this young man that I'm going to interview today is Trevor Tyson. How are you doing today? Dude, I'm doing so good. I automatically just feel like I'm sitting in a therapist chair. So this is good. <laughs> this is really good. Well, Glad to be here. You. Thank you. Thank you, man. I've been uh, watching you, watching your podcast grow. It's dope. Uh, what you're doing, I hate to say this, and it's not like to be cliche, but I think it's powerful, especially seeing a male talking about it, right? Yeah. Um, to be honest, like what one and one every five Americans have some sort of mental health challenge. So it's very common. People don't think that. And for this to like be a guy and putting your emotions out there, you know, people may give you feedback like, hey, uh, tone it down, man. We don't want to hear that. Let's talk about some sports or some music or something like that. You're getting a little too emotional. You've been listening to Drake. And it's like, <laughs> no, dude, like sharing our emotions is not just a gender thing. It's a human thing. And um and thank you for doing this, man. So tell the people about your story and whatnot. Yeah, so I always like to circle back my story back to my senior year in high school when I really remember first having a panic attack. I was very uncertain about what my next steps were. I was touring at the time, promoting an event, so like doing national tours and stuff. I missed about 200 days of my uh, senior year. And I just remember being in Birmingham, Alabama at this bigger church event. And I just started having these, these feelings of like, oh man, I'm getting sick. I'm nauseous. I got a headache. I don't know what's going on. Why am I all of a sudden so alert and just like, I didn't know I was in fight or flight mode. So I had this terrible panic attack and it was like, gum, like, what was that? I still hadn't connected the dots that it was panic. In fact, I didn't for a few months. I lived in denial. I was just not doing things that I would normally do. I didn't get out of bed for a week after I got home. Yeah, my dad was finally like, hey, let's, let's go. And we went to, uh, they had a lake house at the time and we went down there and it was just like, I needed to get out of bed, but I wasn't going to do it myself. So they literally had to come and they didn't realize I was going through panic attack at the time. Like they had no clue that it was a disorder. I had no clue it was a disorder. I was just kind of like, oh, I'm sick you know, just playing that card, like, I guess it's the flu. And um, it was panic attacks, which uh, in return, stole my calling, stole my purpose. And I allowed it to do so because I wasn't educated on what was going on. So I just kind of went with the flow and what I was feeling. And um, that led to depression, which led to me just hating life. I didn't want to be there. I wasn't necessarily suicidal, but I wasn't necessarily not suicidal either, you know. So 
it was just super hard time for me. And I sat in that and started chasing the American dream. I started working for AT&T, making really good money, bought a house, did all the things that quote unquote would make you happy, especially as a 19 year old. And, um, I wasn't happy. So I guess it was two and a half years after that. I finally decided to go to therapy and went through that whole shebang and found a medication that worked for me and I was able to live life again. And what I say is with a lot of Jesus and therapy and medication, I was able to just walk back into my calling. I was able to pick the microphone up where it was left off and God met me where I was. And I was like, man, I'm never going to be able to be back on stages with uh, these big name artists like I was. And, you know, through a lot of prayer, Jesus therapy and uh, some medication, you know, four months after I finished therapy, I, things had got escalated bigger than what they were before. So that's what opened up the door for Trevor Talks to get started um, starting a clothing brand, now starting a business. It's like all of that had a ripple effect, you know, like people ask me all the time, don't you wish you would have got help earlier? And it's like, you know, I don't have any regrets with how things went down because I wasn't educated on how to handle these things. And I'm still no professional. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I'm a, per I'm a kid that lives with it, you know, 23 years old. Um, I live in the country, like, uh, middle of nowhere. So out here, therapy wasn't as accepted. So there was no way I would have known even school therapists, um, not dissing like school therapists at my school or not. I don't know if they listen, but what up? Um, <laughs> I had no clue. Yeah. I had no preparation for what was going on. I had, I felt like I had no support. Um, so it comes down to like, there were no way my parents were going to know. There was no way I was going to know. Um, who was supposed to know. So like, that's why it's so important for people to educate themselves on mental health and to look for the signs, look for uh, mood swings and fatigue and all of the things that you can visually see in someone and then even hear in their conversations. So like, you know, it, it was just such a process and it's still a process for me to just educate myself and learn, learn to be me. Yeah. Uh, learn to operate and especially like you were saying before to be a man and do it oh man oh it's rough uh, man and for some reason correct me if i'm wrong other guys look at guys that are open about their mental health like there's something crazy going on with yeah. them but deep down they're fighting too so yeah, yeah. even if you're a guy listening to this and you're really discouraged by other men for being open about mental health and they call you too emotional or whatever just take that as a thank you um, learn to view the different mindsets and approaches people have as appreciating you for being emotional and showing them that this okay. It's okay for them to be that way. And, um, you know, a little bit of mindset goes a long way. So, yes, you know, there was something that I wanted to, um, ask you about, cause you said you had a panic attack in, in high school. Um, can you explain like, the symptoms. So if someone have that, someone that's listening, they can understand, oh, this is a panic attack. It's not just something to just, you know, oh, it was nothing. It was just a little like, you know, hiccup or whatever. Can you explain to them, like, what was you feeling? Like, was it like everything moving fast? Because different people have different type of panic attacks. Yeah. Um, so first off, I have panic disorder. 
Um, which means like, I don't necessarily have anything to be worried about. My body just goes fight or flight. And it's like, oh, well, here we are. Um, but a panic attack, like in my case, all I can remember is my heart was beating out of control things. Like it was really hard for me to focus on anything, um, except for right was in front of me. And, you know, there's a concert going on in the auditorium. There's a bunch of people out in the lobby. Um, we're telling people about a big event on the national mall. Like there's so much I'm supposed to be doing at that time, but I just can't do any of it. So I just go walking around and I was trying to puke because I felt nauseous and I'm very raw about what happened. Like I was literally out in the parking lot in some bushes trying to throw up because I thought it would make me feel better because I had that nauseous feeling in my throat, which is, I could handle like the adrenaline and everything, but when I start feeling nauseous, that's when it shuts down for me. It's not necessarily um, the heart rate or anything like that. Like I'm an adrenaline junkie. So I, you know, <laughs> I'm good with that. But once I start feeling nauseous, it's, I can't Something focus different. on anything. Like you start focusing on what's going on inside your body. So um, to really answer it, it it's really comes in the form of nausea for me and instantly wanting to get sick okay so like i just feel like i'm gonna throw up so i'm gonna try to throw up but it just doesn't happen like it's my body at the end of the day how was the uh conversation with your parents did you tell them about it like during high school did you wait till like after you went to seek therapy or whatnot you know i started to get open about it after therapy so that was two years after and i know they could tell there was something going on but again like none of us had ever dealt with anything like that before so it's just like oh he needs some space he's being too emotional he's in his head he's depressed like um they handled it the best they could and i give them props to that but um i also like strive to help parents understand what's going on with their kids now because i know what it's like to be that kid so um I don't, I, I never say like, oh, I'm giving them a pass or anybody a pass um, for anything. It's just like, how can we learn from what we've gone through and help other people to navigate through the same thing? So, you know, um, it, it was about two and a half years after, and I'm pretty sure they, I opened up about it a little bit, but then what really jump started like, it was just my name at the time being a blog, Trevor Tyson, what really started that. And then eventually into Trevor talks was the process, right? It was me understanding that I had to learn something and now I want to help educate other people. So in everything I do, I like to say it's a combination of entertainment, inspiration and conversation. Like let's have a conversation about it. Just like you, like uh, you didn't really map out the interview like we spoke about before. Like nobody wants to hear uh, a bullet point interview. If they want to listen to that, then go listen to Jimmy Fallon or Ellen um, and no shade on them. I love their shows, but like podcasting and especially your show from what I've heard is really good about just being raw and being authentic. So if you're a parent and your kid's struggling or if you're a kid and your parent's struggling, just be open to listen. Don't be pushy and quit trying to fix them. It, yeah, it takes time. Yeah, like, yeah. So when you show up to your depressed, anxious kid, and you're like, you need to get over it. You need to shake it off. Nah, you're making it worse, bro. Like at that point, you're 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 lighting you're lighting the fire. You're pouring gasoline on that thing. So just be open to listen. And just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not happening. Um, they call depression a silent killer for a reason, and you don't want to help kill somebody you know yeah people handle depression differently 
Right. Um, for me, I was, I've been struggling with my depression for over 10 years. Right. But I was always like smiling, being the, the jokester, um, similar to uh, Robin Williams, right? Like had that good yeah. energy. Everybody wanted to be around, but on the inside, I was lost. I was numb. And I didn't know how to express that emotion. I didn't have a guide to express myself. You know, I was always taught you're a man, be strong. You can't be weak, can't be vulnerable. You know, it's a sign of weakness. So it was a lot of things that I had to suppress. And that led to like this monster that I couldn't control. Um, so with me, I had a, a um, not only like a suicide, like ideation, but I did attempt it because I, I just, I felt lost, right? And I want to personally say, you're probably one of the bravest people I know to be like, you know what? There's something wrong with me. Let me actually go seek help. I didn't seek help. I waited to like the last moment until my, um, to my like ex-girlfriend who is now my wife found me in a position where it was like, okay, you need help. This is the red flag. Um, but that process of going to therapy was it, it sounds like it was so important for you mm-hmm. to map out how can I deal with this? Or And just like you, um, the girl I was dating at the time, the only girl I've ever dated, I've only dated one girl in my life, shout out to her. Um, she actually is the one that pointed me to therapy. So I wouldn't have went as quick as I did, or I may have never went without having that person to be like, hey, I love you go get help. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help you. Yeah. No, I, I love that. It's crazy what a woman can do. <laughs> the power of love. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and one thing that really helped me is a friend of mine pointed out, I made a video saying like, my name is Trevor Tyson. My fear is a liar, like a clothing brand promo. And she was like, you said my fear. And I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> what I went through and she's like but you took ownership of it and that's not okay and at first I was like who are you like why are you why would you say something like that but then I sat back and I was like okay I see where you're going with this like when you say my anxiety my fear it's kind of like the movie how you um how to train your dragon or whatever it is um they it, it's a cute story and it's it's imagery to a sense and it's a kids movie but when you think about mental health like that um or if you think about dragons in general like whether it's biblically or um in literacy can you actually train a dragon probably not um so when you start to think like my anxiety is off the walls today but if you think of it instead of it being a part of you and you take ownership of it and you're like, nah, this this dude's coming trying to run a room and I'm about to kick him out. Like, it's not going to work. So the anxiety that I faced is not me. It's not my identity. I'm not identified by it. Uh, anxiety is a symptom. Depression is a symptom. Suicidal ideation is a symptom. All of these things are symptoms of something. So one thing that's been really powerful for me and I hope it is for many other people is it's not yours. So when you say my, this, my, that you're claiming it as your own, but at the end of the day, like you're stronger than your symptoms, your identity is who you are. 
not what you face. So if uh, you are a person who like slept around a lot and then you find uh, religion and you get out of that, you don't want to be known as that the other person you were. If you really want to overcome your mental health and really overcome the things that have been holding you back, cut that relationship off. It's a toxic relationship. So just a little nugget that really helped me and it may not help people. It might help other people. Um, when I really sat down and was like, I'm, I'm going to like take that mental shift and say, this is not me. This is not mine. This is a symptom of something that I'm facing and just cut ownership off. It's like a, a rich parent enabling their kid for so long and they get on drugs and they're finally it's like, you're on your own. Uh, look at it like that. Like you're kicking them out. I've had friends that I've had to cut out of my life uh, for toxicity reasons. And it, just look at it like that. Like, Hey, we were homies or I thought we were, but we're just going to cut this off right now. Yeah. It's time for me to, to create these boundaries. Yeah. yeah. So boundaries, mindset and perspective are so huge. And I don't read as much as I would like to. I order more books and actually read, um, but get like an audible subscription. Yep. Listen to, um, there's this book that really helped to me. It's uh, author Mel Robbins and it's called the five second rule. Yeah. And that was a really crucial launch point for me. The countdown. I, yeah. So I, I love her. I love her. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. And I really listened to what she had to say and I actually bought it for multiple people. And then she had a journal. She came out with a five second journal and it's just so such good content. And I studied on her. So, Yeah, so um, she has a journal and it's called the five second journal and you really just map out how your day is going and what you're feeling today. And like, you don't have to go buy the journal. Like I'm not Mel, I'm not trying to sell it. Like just map out these things. Like this is how I'm feeling today on a level, a scale of one to five. This is exactly where I'm at mentally. How can I get better with it? Um, what exercises can I do today? How can I do this, that? And on a personal level, like right now, as we speak, like I'm trying to figure out some fatigue that I've been having, like with just being exhausted all the time. So one of the things I was like, okay, I'm gonna clean up my diet. So for breakfast slash lunch, cause I don't really wake up uh, in time for breakfast. Like I'm just not a morning person at all. I'll stay up all night. It's not um, mornings. I'll eat <laughs> a whole orange, like not the little cuties, but actually get it and cut it up and so fresh and great and uh, blackberries raspberries maybe some baby carrots um, graham crackers like just take little steps and like i'm gonna eat a little bit healthier today and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that trial and error and you know you just grow yeah. it's a process it's all a process but for me it started with that perspective and that mindset shift of just like this isn't mine um it's a symptom and how can i help uh, reduce these symptoms yeah. almost to none and I still struggle but it's not a part of me um, I, I purely believe that we're all stronger than our symptoms and I 110 billion percent believe that anxiety and depression are not our identity yeah you know it was something that you touched upon that is so major to 
anyone that's dealing with any mental health challenge and it's the support system, the community that you're in, right? If you don't have the right people, how can you make that breakthrough, right? Because we, you know, when you battle with, with whatever mental health challenge, it feels like a breakdown and you need the right people to lift you up in order for you to have that breakthrough. So you can be like, okay, well, this is not a weakness. No, this is a superpower that I just need to learn how to maneuver, right? Because we look at superheroes as like, you know, godly-like figures, and but they have to learn how to control their powers. So can you explain the importance of that support system that you was yeah, having. And if you like, if you, you really think about it, you up. put yourself in Superman shoes and your kryptonite is not being around people. That's when you start to realize like, Oh, support's huge. Getting in a community. Like, um, I'm surrounded by, um, my best friend and his wife live across the street. And then after I bought my house, my brother bought the one next door. And then my other brother, my twin moved in with him and so like i have this built-in community now and i'm not saying to go get houses next to each other and everything i don't know your family situation but it worked for me and <laughs> uh, online support like you know people can be there and not really be there you know i've got friends that live eight hours away that i'm closer to than people that live right down the road from me so really just open yourself up for community and uh you don't necessarily have to be religious or not but like church communities are really cool um, just people coming from all different walks of life and they're all looking for something like if you go to church, you're looking for healing or rest or breakthrough, like um, even atheists and agnostics and Muslims like will visit Christian churches just because they seem like there might be something there. I'm not telling you to go and get saved. That's what I did. But <laughs> it, it it's really it is so crazy to me how it's like you walk in a church door for me and it's almost like you just walked into someone's house. It's, it's a, it's a healing space. Like we're all looking for healing and you don't necessarily have to be in a church building. You can encounter that anywhere. But for me, like having that community of people at a church, like even if I don't talk to everybody, you feel seen, you feel loved you feel a little less lonely when you leave. And I can't guarantee that'll last forever, but it is definitely worth a shot. It, it, it helped drastically for me because I wasn't going to church for two and a half years and I was still a believer. I was still a man of faith, still was working in ministry, but I just uh, got stabbed in the back at a church and associated that with that through the whole panic disorder thing. So I had to overcome that and realize that it wasn't, overall church it was a few bad apples so everybody lives everybody learns and everybody has to make the exception like okay i'm gonna break through this and i'm not gonna let this hold me down because that one second you take to say i'm done like what could you have done to get yourself out of that predicament at that point so hope that answered the question but <laughs> No, no. Yeah, you did. You did. Um, because like I had a um I had a panic attack a few few months ago, right? For me, it's like heart racing, everything you can't focus. Uh one of the techniques that I learned, um, and I didn't know the name of it. It's just something that like I just naturally just did. I just sat down and count to ten 
and just started looking at certain objects until like the panic attack happens to like it end. they normally typically they last the max about 10 minutes if it's like longer than that then you might want to call 911 it might be something else um but for me my panic attack was probably a good four five minutes right and i sat down and i sat outside and i just looked at certain objects like four objects and i just slowed everything down they call it like grounding like you know you just look up down and look around and just bring it back down to earth that was one of the techniques that really helped me deal with that i don't get that many panic attacks um unless like i'm handling too much right too much stress or whatever um during that time yeah. i was and now i learned how to speak up more right like hey like it's a little bit too much for me I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed i gotta chill out um and but that took me uh probably about two sure. to three weeks to like get back to myself because instantly i was fatigued instantly right like the fatigue with everything wanted to sleep wanted uh didn't want to do interviews didn't want to do social media didn't even want to be around the the missus right and and i learned okay learn how to speak up but not only that you know what let me switch up the diet as you said which was key right because i was eating more chipotle more uh, processed food right like not not saying there's anything bad but i was like moving around moving around like you know going around and and doing everything else then i was like okay let me start cooking at home a little bit more um and then let me cut out the um you know eating out like restaurants whatever um because like you know it's so easy to just go out but once i did that like you you realize the change not only in not only in your body brain food for a reason and i didn't really notice that until recently it's like if you're feeding your brain crap all the time yeah, what, you know, like my uh, guilty pleasure food, like if I have oh, a yeah. really, really good day or something, like most people are like, I want to go to Longhorn or I want to go here or there, like these fancy steakhouse. I'm like, bro, just give me some McNuggets and some buffalo sauce. Like, that's all I want. A large Coke and some <laughs> fries. Like, that's all I want. Uh, and, you know, it's okay to reward yourself every now and again, but you can't, you can't eat that every day, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like the crazy part, I'm not I don't really eat out that often. Um, but it was a time where um yeah. Like I was just busy. I was I was doing a lot of like running around. Um and I was just like, man, like I, I'm not going to have enough mm-hmm. time to make it home to to make a meal. Let me just swing by Chipotle and and get the the usual. Um yeah. and a lot of my friends like pick at me because I I'm a vegetarian, right? And they're like, dude, like how the hell can you have a panic attack? And you're a vegetarian. You're like the healthiest eater. And I'm just like, well, one, I wasn't eating my normal routine, mm. which are the, the superfoods, which I'm super big on. But yeah. two, I was handling different types mm. of pressure that I'm not accustomed to. You know, being a, a new I, entrepreneur, I break it's out. totally I get, I break out when you I know, get There's no, um, hey, let me just clock out. in. Like, I started See? a new company this year. And I mean, it's it, it just has a different level of stress because it's all on you at that point so like especially with what i do is branding and marketing and pr and such so like when you're dealing with higher profile people it's like you know one project can make or break so it's yeah and i mean they want the best like i'm being vulnerable now like i break out so like this whole side of my face is like uh, broken out so 
I get it. Like stress is crazy. Stress is a huge factor on your mental health. Um, one way I found to combat that is going on walks and runs outside and just being a little more active than before. I'm not saying to go bust out a 45 minute balls to wall workout at the gym, but I mean, just be a little active, you know, start off slow and move up and a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle. I don't live the most healthiest, but I try. Those are so key. Yeah. 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 I make sure at least um, three times a week, I do about a 20 minute walk. Um, and that really helps me think on working on content. Sometimes you just ideas. don't want to have content Sometimes rolling out every day and not think on Instagram yeah. up until I guess a few yeah. weeks ago. It may, may have been last week. I don't know, but I just quit caring as much about, planning out content so like i used to do like a checkerboard feed where it'd be like a white hand-drawn post and then a picture and then you know just keep going and going and now i'm like i don't think people care as much as i did um which is healthy it's a healthy thing to think it's like nobody's going to care about your content as much as you do so do what's healthy for you yeah so like i was like why am i doing this because it's like, your baby oh, i was trying yeah. to be like have some sort of like I, I don't use filters on my photos. I don't edit acne out. Like I don't I'm very vulnerable in that. But I don't have to live for an algorithm. And I've found myself focusing more and more on the podcast side of things and making content out of that than just creating content to create content because there comes a time and a place for a much needed mental health message. But when you're just making yourself come up with content to have content, there's no power in it. it it's just generic. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. You're talking to a guy who was doing uh good morning videos every um Trevor Talk started as a daily every show like from Monday through Friday. Failed. Did it every day. Because I couldn't stay up with it. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And, and then I was just like, you know, at some point I was like, So many I'm people are like uh, let me take something else off name? my plate. Her name is uh Chelsea Lynn. She has a persona on Instagram and YouTube called Trailer Trash Tammy. We were, we were watching some of her stuff yesterday and she like, she's crazy, but they were like, she makes so much money just to do stupid stuff. And it's like, if y'all only knew how much she probably puts into coming up with this stuff, like I can't imagine editing video, coming up with content, yeah. working with sponsors. Yeah. You can't that, just, to, to catch people attention. It's, 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 it's yeah, super hard. And, a, and the sponsors want I you can, to do something creative. Yeah. Like, you can't say the same joke twice without somebody saying something like that's, that's gotta be harsh. And like what you're saying about Robin mm -hmm. Williams, you know, like it, it's a lot harder than what meets the eye. They can be that bubbly person on camera, but yeah, we need to never know what someone's yeah, doing. It's like we need to that. focus. That's why I'm kind of everyone. Chester Bennington from Lincoln park. Uh, his lyrics were really dark and it's like nobody, yeah. Not, like I'm not saying his family and friends didn't know stuff was going on. Nobody could have prevented what happened, but it, it's almost like we gravitate towards negative, negative, like dark content. Well, I think um, you know back then nobody was really talking about mental health. To be honest with you, um, you know I really just came up to the scene within um, probably like a year, year and a half now. And during the pandemic, 
this is the most I've ever seen anybody talk about mental health. For I, there, nobody was really talking about it that much, as far as like seeing people out there talking about, hey, I'm a person living with with bipolar, or I'm a person that's living mm-hmm. with schizophrenia. Nobody was really that open. Like you know, we knew yeah. some people had issues, but they wasn't publicly out there saying it. Now it's like, it's hey, yeah, let's let's talk about this because now people yeah. are in situations where it's not the normal, right? Like we're still in the pandemic. We're still recommended to wear masks and get shots until who knows when. But now it's like different times and different things that unfortunately it took a pandemic for people to be like, hey, I'm a person who's living with suicide ideation. I'm a person that's living with whatever mental disorder that they have, right? And it's not really everybody's a disorder, got a right? superpower it's a superpower that we just have to learn how to use. So we we gotta acknowledge that yeah, and really we choose all to care and focus and actually just like give people attention literally we live in a generation of we'll be driving and someone will call us and we'll be driving breaking the wall saying we'll call you in two minutes like just call them in two minutes like if you can't talk like you don't owe them a response to everything so like last week i was supposed to meet up with some friends in nashville and i was like uh the day of i was just having a really bad panic attack so i i was like you know hey um gonna have to take a rain check i'll be back in two weeks let's let's try again then um and i was like hey like you know having panic attacks and stuff i didn't know them that but they're it's all up to what you're willing to share and if you're open and you're okay with being vulnerable great if you're not there yet or don't feel like you ever will be there give yourself a challenge don't press yourself. Don't feel bad for yourself. Don't hate your response to things. Truly just choose, like, I'm going to be a little more open with myself today. And one thing that I used to do is, like, I would never take a breather during interviews or I would uh, never pause. I would never give myself time to think because I thought that I had to clap back. Like, you have to be that person. But now, if I need to think about something, yeah. I'll just pause. Like I'll start thinking about it. And you offer a certain aspect yeah. of vulnerability, honesty, and just being transparent. Like that's my whole thing right now. Is like I want to live life more transparent than I was before. I want to live more vulnerable. I want to be honest about where I am right now. So like my clothing brand, uh, I started after I overcame mental health issues. And it's called fear is a liar. And the more I've grown and the more I've matured, it's like, what would I choose to promote something that's promoting transparency or something that is just a little more edgy? And it's like, it's the same message, but how do I want to package it? How do I want to approach this mental health thing? And it's like, it's okay to be aggressive, but let's talk about it. Let's, let's be a little more transparent than we were before and promoting a transparent life. What does that mean? Like transparency means like that it's light enough to let light through, um, to go through something so you can see through it. Um, and when I think about life in that aspect, it's like, 
what if you could see through the human body and not like the pervy movies that have like x-ray vision and dudes are looking at women's chests and stuff no like it's like what if you could actually see what is going on in someone's body like you could actually read out anxiety depression self-doubt suicidal ideation what if you could actually see these things how would you treat that person and the more transparent we get with ourselves, the more transparent we can be with other people, which invites them to be transparent themselves. So I want to be that for somebody. I want to be that transparent light that allows the light to go through them to be a little more vulnerable and just start that ripple effect of light and hope. And I don't regret starting Fear the Liar at all. Like I love the message, still going to rock the merch, but I just... I'm growing, I'm being vulnerable and I'm being transparent with people. That's just where I'm at right now. I want to be that light. And I, if, if I get bored with a project, like I'll move on, you know, it, it's not a failure. Um, it's like, <laughs> it's a rebrand. And it's like, if we're no, afraid to not. rebrand ourselves, like what message is that sending? So I'm choosing to overcome the anxious thoughts about you know, taking a successful clothing brand and completely rebranding it, not even offering the same product at this point and it's the same message it's just a different packaging and i'm excited about it i've been less anxious since i've been talking about it and just being open with people because i feel like i'm getting to shed a whole new light on honesty and vulnerability and yeah it's like yeah it sounds like you're owning it and invite them to do the same like let's let's start a vulnerability movement um and it's not even just for guys like girls too but i'm a guy so obviously like i understand guys a little bit more um duh like and even nowadays like everybody's got a different um gender pronoun and all of the different labels and it's like i'm choosing to be transparent with you because i want you to be transparent with me and i want to respect you even if you don't respect me so how can we help be there for each other? So if you have a different pronoun or whatever than what you appear like, if somebody doesn't understand it, take the time to help them understand. Don't lash out on them. Yeah. 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 Educate me. Don't sit there and judge me. Yeah. No, you know, um, as you talk about vulnerability, yeah, uh, yeah. It's her one Netflix of, special is great. Renee Brown. I'm not sure if you ever heard of her. The power of bon- Yeah, the power of, of vulnerability. Um, I love that book. Um, I got it on Audible. Yeah. I do too much moving around, so most of my books I listen to. And she talks about why do people look at vulnerability as a weakness, right? And one of the reasons why I said that's my superpower. Right. I'm not just going to be vulnerable with the guy at like Target that I don't even I know, but I'm going to be vulnerable with the guy at Target. My inner like, uncomfortably hey, this, vulnerable. This is what's going like, on with me. How are you doing? Not good. I'm like, bro, like, me neither. <laughs> You're that guy. <laughs> Today sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but like, well, well, being a person, right, when you don't really like, for me, I'm not. Like everybody's different and clearly, but for me, I wasn't used to sharing my emotions. So I had to be vulnerable with my inner circle first to be vulnerable with others on the outside. And that that helped me, hey, okay, how you doing? Do my daily checks. If somebody's like, as you yeah. said, it's going through something. Cool. Let's talk about it. You know, my my DMs, there's a few people that I connected with that we've been 
talking or, you know, FaceTiming, whatever you want to call it for hours because they was vulnerable and yeah. I knew how to, okay, Hey, let's talk about it. All right. All right sure. And let's get this negative thought out your mind. Let's actually talk about this. Okay, cool. Hey, try writing. Helps me out. Oh, you're really pissed off. Write some Whitney more. Cummings and guess what? Tear that up. That and then I heard the other day she's better. like, um, if you're really ticked off at somebody, if it's at work or whether it's your spouse, partner, whatever, um, write out an email and don't send it. Like get all your emotions, get all of it out <laughs> and sleep on it. Don't send it. Bro, <laughs> you know what? No, my luck, yeah, I will like, write it out and accidentally send it. <laughs> you don't do it in your email. That's I'm like, sir, yeah, like just write everything out. Yeah, like if put you it feel in the your same notes. way in the morning. Yeah, send it. Yeah. If just and, view the consequences, yeah, like yeah, view the consequences. Yeah, What's the yeah, ROI on this? Am I going to get anything out of this long term? Does this need to happen? Am I just being uh, overly aggressive? Like, just sleep on it. And I've been like, and I've even like gotten myself in trouble at times for um, being too quick to talk about something with someone. And then where it gets back around, like, especially um, don't do that at work. <laughs> don't do that. Um, you know, like it, there's time and a place to talk. and so There's definitely time and a place to shut up. Like just stop talking, uh, call your therapist, call your friend, like, you, you don't have to address something right then and there. Uh, take time to cool off because I've, when I worked at AT&T, man, I blew up on a manager a few times and like, uh, yeah, he deserved, well, you know, but it's like, sometimes you got to stop, like <laughs> go for a walk, give yourself a breather. Now, if they keep, yeah. if they keep pressing forward, like my boy was, the like, situation. then I, I could have handled it different, but. We, we would have had a conversation. We would have had a probably a two-way conversation instead of one way at that point. <laughs> so this was outstanding. Um, you dropped a lot of gems. I appreciate the vulnerability, but also the knowledge and some of the signs, the early symptoms of someone that's having a panic attack. Before I let you go, please yeah, tell like, people how to um, find you. I, I guess the yeah, simplest but... place would be to go to Instagram and just type in Trevor Talks. Uh, you can do that on Google or wherever and everything will show up immediately. It's uh, That's the simplest way to find me. And dude, thank you so much for having me. And um, I hope that everybody found a little gem in this and I pray blessings over your audience and your show as well. This has been so therapeutic for me and I appreciate you having me on. Man, anytime, man. Anytime uh, you want to do this, you're always welcome to come back. Thank you. All right. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, guys. This was the Just Believe Podcast. Until then, I'll see you next week. Peace. Today's episode of the Just Believe Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you're currently going through a mental health challenge, don't be scared to look in the show notes and reach out to those resources. If people are going to put labels on you, tell them, look, labels are made for jars, not people. Whatever obstacles that's facing in front of you, you can overcome that as long as you just believe. Until then, I'll see you next week. Peace.